0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Oregon fans, what's going on? We're back like we never left. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. Just in case you're new here, I'm your host, Max Torres. And uh, we got a big episode for you in store today. Uh, I mean, I tried to tell you guys the the run was coming. If you've been listening to the Ducks Dish podcast, if you've been reading my stuff over on Ducks Digest, I was trying to tell you that the momentum was building for Oregon and that they were poised to go on a run on the recruiting trail. And we have a big commitment to get into today as four-star Missouri defensive line commit, Tiony Gray, has flipped his commitment from the Missouri Tigers to the Oregon Ducks in a massive win for Dan Lanning and company on the recruiting trail. This comes just a day after the Ducks landed a commitment from in-state offensive tackle Trent Ferguson out of West Salem High School, and the Ducks are really heating up on the recruiting trail. So kind of what I'm hoping to do on this episode of the pod, not exactly sure how long it's going to go just yet. We're live on YouTube, by the way. As well as Twitter, YouTube, you can find us at Oregon Football Max Taurus. And uh, Twitter, you can find me at MTaurus Sports. If you guys are here in the live stream, go ahead and like the video and subscribe to the channel. And make sure to leave me a comment or go in the live chat. Let me know your thoughts on Oregon's latest commitment, Tioni Gray, and where the Ducks are at right now in the 2024 recruiting class because they are red hot. Um, Tioni Gray did, uh, did have a little bit of a note. That he included on uh, with you know with his commitment. So I'm going to go ahead and pull that up. I'll read that, and then we're going to break down some film and throw some highlights on the screen. So don't go anywhere just yet. I'll get this up here, and then we'll we'll hop into it. All right, here we go. Let me share my screen. All right, here we are. Okay, so Teoni Gray, he said, quote, first and foremost, I want to say thank you to the Mizzou football family, Coach Drink, Coach Davis, and the entire staff have been great throughout this entire process. After careful consideration, I've decided to decommit from the University of Missouri. This is not a decision that I take lightly. However, I must make the best decision for my life and football future. I have decided to commit to the University of Oregon. I look forward to Saturdays in Eugene. Hashtag go Ducks. So that's the latest big win for the Ducks on the recruiting trail with Tione Gray hopping into the fold, uh, a former Missouri commit. And I think that when you are breaking down this commitment, I feel like there's layers to it, right? Because this is an in-state guy from the state of Missouri, and uh, he he was committed to the Tigers. So it's not easy to go into a state. uh, And Missouri, I think, is is a school that has recruited pretty well in, in recent years under Eli Drinkowitz. Um, and honestly, it's a state that has produced some pretty darn good talent. So we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, but in the meantime, let's go ahead and throw on some highlights here so you guys can see Oregon's newest commit here in action. So I got the, got the highlights up here and, and we're going to break down this game. Uh, I think some of the things that, that really stand out about Tiony Gray when you throw on the film is, uh. If you guys have watched his film, you know before just now, he has quite a few highlights on the off and off, You know, dominating guys as an offensive tackle. I mean, this this is a big dude, right? He's listed on two four seven sports at six foot six, two hundred and ninety five pounds. So this is back to back days that the Ducks have added some serious, serious size in the trenches with Trent Ferguson, the twenty twenty four offensive tackle commit measuring at six foot7 300 pounds. So uh, Dan Lanning is absolutely prioritizing the trenches and, and this is another huge recruit for the ducks. Um, and I think you know some of the talking a little bit more about uh, about Tione here I think one thing that stands out to him we talked about his his versatility you know playing a lot of really good a lot of really good offense snaps at offensive line. I think that uh, it speaks to his athleticism too. Uh, I think a lot of times when you have guys that are you know big time recruits, sometimes they tend to specialize on just one side of the ball. That's not the case here. Uh, Gray's head coach is is making sure to get everything he can out of him, and I think that it says a lot about his durability and his motor that he's able to star on both sides of the ball. And uh, I think one thing that stands out, you know, not to be critical or you know to to knock on a guy, but I feel like when I compare the tape of Trent Ferguson to Tiony Gray, uh, I think Gray moves his frame a, a lot better uh, than Ferguson. But at the same time, you know, Ferguson's only played four games of high school football, so he's literally as raw of a prospect as you can possibly. Sorry about that, guys. I'm having having some technical deals here, so I'm going to try to adjust on the fly, but it looks like we're back to my microphone. I'm literally not touching it. But my computer says that I'm unplugging it. So hopefully that's okay. Let me know in, in the comments if you guys are having trouble hearing me, but I think we should be all right. Um, so yeah, Gray is is moving his frame really, really well. And I think you also see a tremendous amount of power that comes with that six foot six, two hundred and ninety-five pound frame. This is a guy who excels in the trenches and is an absolute dog. I mean, you see him using that using that straight arm, and, and he he does a really good job taking on double teams. All right, I'm just going to switch my mic over to my laptop because my other one is not uh, not cooperating. So sorry about that. All right, so I'm back on the mic. Uh, it's just my laptop, so sorry about that. Hopefully the mic uh, hangs in there for me. Um, but now I can hopefully just get back to this uh, analysis here. So talking about just the athleticism, the strength, the motor that he has, And I also think another thing that's pretty impressive with Gray is his pad level that he plays with and the leverage that he plays with, because if you're looking at a guy that's this big, he's just naturally probably going to have a tendency to play pretty high and, you know, to keep, keep a high pad level. So the fact that he's able to play with the technique that he does, um, I think that that speaks a lot to his potential uh, along the defensive line. And then, just to talk a little bit more about how it's significant this commitment is for Oregon, the defensive line play has has not met the standard that it's needed to at Oregon. I mean, that's that's just the the cold hard truth. Um, I think that they've had a good defensive line, but um, it, it hasn't been where they need it to be. Um, you know, they've had a couple guys here and there, right? You had KT a couple years ago, you had Brandon Dorless and DJ Johnson last year, Casey Rogers. So you have some pretty quality pieces. I think Brandon Dorless is probably the guy with the most upside there on that defensive line. And then you bring in Jordan Birch uh from South Carolina, and that just makes the whole defensive line that much more um that much more dangerous, right? I think that you have a bunch of returning pieces in 2023, right, that you feel really good about. Some of those guys that I mentioned, you got Taki Taimani, um, and then you also have Keon Ware-Hudson or a couple pieces that you got to mention. But a really veteran group in 2023 also lends itself to, uh, you know, a group that's going to see some shakeup heading into the 2024 season. So even though the Ducks just absolutely attacked the defensive line position in 2023, They they can't be complacent with that. They're going to need to keep loading up on dudes and some huge bodies along that defensive line. I think that when I was looking at Teoni Gray and kind of looking at him, his makeup as a player, I was thinking a little bit about Jason Jones. If you remember Jason Jones, he was a former uh, defensive lineman for Oregon that uh, is originally from the state of Alabama. And and I looked him up on the Auburn roster because he transferred now, right? He's listed on the Auburn roster at 6'6", 339. So that's not exactly where Tionne Gray is at, but that's the kind of dude that Oregon is getting here. And 6'6", 295, you just don't find that out West. You just don't. I mean, sometimes you, you can kind of you know get lucky and, and find some of those body types out here. But on the defensive line, it's way more confident, way more uh, common on the offensive line, right? Uh, Oregon got Amari Washington, in the, the past cycle out of Arizona, he's a big defensive tackle, and he's kind of like, I want to say six I'm going to look him up right now because that's the, the only other guy that I can think of out West. Um, you have Amari Washington at 6'4", 295. He's a big-time guy for, for Oregon in the 23 class out of Arizona, Chandler High School, where the Ducks got Johnny Johnson, uh, and that's also the former school of Dylan Rayola, but he's transferred to Pinnacle. And then the Ducks also got uh, Tavita Pomei uh, out of the state of Utah. So he's a big dude too, 6'3", 315. Uh, but um, I think that going into the state of Missouri, it's a, a state that has a, a lot of potential. So we'll talk about some of the other guys that Oregon's recruiting in Missouri in just a second. But let's talk about what this commitment means for Oregon's 2024 class. Like I said, a lot of momentum right now for Oregon. Uh, Three commits here in less than a week for Oregon in the 2024 class with Aaron Flowers committing to Oregon last Friday. He's a big-time safety out of Texas, Forty, Texas to be specific. Uh, And he just got invited to the Adidas All-American Bowl today. So that just tells you the caliber of the guys that Oregon's bringing in right now, the caliber of the guys that Chris Hampton, the new safeties coach from Tulane, is bringing to Oregon. Uh, And then you got Trent Ferguson yesterday. Kind of seems like more of a project guy, but clearly the staff sees a lot of upside there. If they're taking him after just playing four high school games, Uh, they're seeing a lot of uh, potential there as a guy with a basketball background. And then again, today you got Teoni Gray. So Oregon's 2024 class now ranks seventh in the entire country. This according to the 247 Sports Rankings. Um, and then a, an update in the rankings, it looks like as Aaron flowers is now the number two highest rated commit, the second highest rated commit in Oregon's class coming in as a four star at .9486 Uh, I, I don't know if, um, I don't know if, uh, um, or if two, four, seven did a recent rankings update, but, uh, I, I don't think that that's the rating that he had when he committed, I could be wrong though. Uh, but. Yeah, Oregon's red hot, seventh in the country, number one class in the Pac-12, and they only have eight commits right now, uh, which is, you know, again, speaking to the quality of the guys that Oregon's getting. I mean, almost every guy in Oregon's 2024 recruiting class is a four-star, uh, the only three-star being Trent Ferguson. But um, but Tioni Gray, I didn't even say where he was from, but uh, I, I did say it was from Missouri. So he's coming out of St. Louis, Missouri, out of Hazelwood Central, and uh, this is big because uh, Oregon now has two pieces along their defensive front, along that front seven in the 2024 recruiting class, uh, alongside Jackson Jones, uh, the four-star edge rusher out of Yuma Catholic in Arizona. Um, so, so this is, you know, you're getting some good pieces together. And, and like I said, some, some really solid momentum in the 2024 recruiting class Um, looking at some other guys that are involved here for Oregon, especially on defense. Let's talk about the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Oregon's going after some serious talent along the edge, um, with a bunch of those guys slated to come to Oregon for the spring game at the end of the month. Uh, I'm going to bring up some of them here. Um, so I can reference them, but you know, you're, you're looking at Elijah rushing. He's probably the biggest name one of the biggest names, I should say, that's expected on campus for the spring game for Oregon. Number one edge rusher in the country out of Tucson, Arizona, Sal Point Catholic. That's a guy that Oregon's put a tremendous amount of work in in this class. Tosh LePoy, Dan Lanning are some of the biggest reasons that Oregon is surging right now for Elijah rushing. Uh, I believe he's starting to set his official visit schedule. And Oregon is going to get one of those trips. So the Ducks are in an awesome spot with him heading into the spring game. And then you also have Colin Simmons out of um, Duncanville, Texas. He's another highly rated edge guy. He's expected on campus for the Oregon spring game uh, as well. So more big time talent that's going to be making their way out. Um, Jordan Ross out of Birmingham, Alabama, another high four-star edge rusher. There's been some chatter about him coming out to campus. So keep an eye out on him. And then you also have Oregon in the mix for Williams, who's out of Lee's Summit, Missouri. Uh, that's closer to the Kansas city area uh, but keep an eye on him and then some other big names to watch you got Aiden Breeland out of modern day in Santa Ana California national powerhouse program right and then you also have Nigel Smith out of Melissa Texas so those are some other names to keep an eye on you also have Joseph Jonah uh, Ajonier or Ajonier out of Conroe Texas at Oak Ridge High School He's teammates with Justin Williams, uh, a 2024 linebacker that Oregon's going after. Um, so th- those are just kind of some notes for Oregon as far as the uh, defensive picture in 2024. Some of the other defensive linemen that Oregon's going after, because Tioni Gray is a you know a true interior kind of a guy, right? He's a uh, he's someone that you don't probably see moving around too much as far as getting out wide to the edge. At least I don't really see that on the tape. I don't see the 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 versatility to that degree. I don't see the quickness and agility to being at that degree, but this is another huge body that that Oregon needs more of in the trenches. Um, they, they did bring Terrence green in. He's another huge body out of Texas, 65 265 pounds, 275 pounds. I want to say. So even though they already got all that size in 2023, they're not getting complacent by any means. And I feel like the offensive line recruiting at Oregon has already been at the mark that it's needed to be to get this program where it wants to go where it's been lacking is the defensive line. They've had some pretty good stints of being able to defend the run, but they've still really struggled to get after the passer. And I think that when we're having this conversation about pass rushers, you're not just looking at the edge, right? You need to get guys on the interior. You need to get guys that are kind of, they have a little bit of that Aaron Donald in them that can, you know, generate some push from the interior, generate some pressure from the interior. Casey Rogers did that at some points last year. Brandon Dorlis did that at some points last year, so now you're bringing in more guys that are hopefully going to be able to do that. I think when Tiony Gray gets to Oregon, like I said, that room's going to have a lot of new faces there. So I think that um, you know he's not someone that's just so unbelievably talented that you maybe see him playing right away. Uh, I mean, like starting right away. I don't think that's the the situation necessarily with Gray, but because of the skill set that he has, he's physically ready for uh, the college level clearly. At this point, uh, it's going to be maybe a question more so of, um, you know, how does he, how does he adjust to the speed of the college game? Is his technique where, where Tony Tuyote wants it to be in, in order to be confident enough to put him out there a, as a true freshman. But I think he's someone that can definitely get in the mix right away at Oregon. Um, and, and this is a commitment that you're, you're happy to get too, uh, because like I said, there's a lot of talent in the state of Missouri and Oregon is also involved with a couple of those guys there. And then also worth noting, Missouri is Landing's home state, right? So he's going to have probably a little bit of extra pull here and there with some of these uh, guys in the state of Missouri. Um, And I'm going to bring up some of these guys so I can tell you about them. Um, Yeah, you have so many big time guys that we talked about. Williams, the, the big time defensive lineman, Ryan Wingo out of St. Louis University High School. Uh, he's not someone that Oregon's necessarily in the mix for, but the guys that Oregon is in the mix for is, uh, Jeremiah McClellan. He's a four-star wide receiver at a Christian brothers college, uh, which is really big. You know, he has Oregon as a top school. He made it out to Oregon, uh, this, uh, this winter, maybe spring, but I know he was on campus recently for Oregon. We're going to have some, we're going to have plenty of notes on Oregon wide receiver recruiting, uh, before too long here. Uh, later on in the episode, so make sure that you stick al- uh, stick around for that. Um, but yeah, I think I've hit on most of my my big points as far as uh, Tiony Gray's commitment. Talking a lot about you know where Oregon's at, where they go from here, and kind of what he brings to the fold here uh, as a as a big time recruit. So that's kind of what I have on Tiony Gray. But we're getting a couple of comments here, so I'm going to go ahead and and see if I can hop into some of these here. It looks like some people are saying. That um, they hear me, my mic's doing all right, so shout out. Um yeah, Eric's saying I think Lanning and Company will eventually sign Oregon's highest ranked class. Crystal ball got us to six in 2021, so top five. Yeah, I've I've been saying for a while that top five is the mark that Oregon needs to be shooting for. I remember once uh Oregon got through uh signing day for the 2023 class, I was texting a source at Oregon and uh I think I've said it before, but you know, he was saying that he wanted he thinks that. Oregon's 2024 class could go down as the best class in history and all the pieces are certainly there, right? You have the PAC 12 recruiter of the year and Demetrius Martin from a cycle ago. You got Dan Lynn, you got Tosh Lapoy, some, some very heavy hitters on the recruiting trail and junior Adams. we got to talk about him. He's turned into a heavy hitter on the recruiting trail as well. Um, So there's, and there's plenty of guys that Oregon's in the running for. Uh, I did a next five to commit story after Aaron flowers committed uh, I didn't list either of these guys, so I can't give myself a pat on the back for that just yet. But there's a number of guys over on that story on ducksdigest.com. That's a free read. Go give that a, a read if you haven't already. Question here from Eric. How are we looking for Justin Williams and Brandon Baker? Uh, Justin Williams, like I mentioned, he's a big-time linebacker out of the state of Texas. I thought that Oregon was in a really good spot with him uh, during the fall, and I was maybe even expecting a commitment at some point. But but then um, – you know, some pretty big schools got involved, and now he's working from a top six. That's pretty loaded. I think A and M, TCU, and Texas are in the picture there. And then you also have Alabama and Ohio State. Uh, so if, if Oregon's able to schools like that, if Oregon's able to get him back on campus, I think they have a good shot. Um, I think that Dylan Williams is probably the linebacker I feel the most confident about for Oregon right now. Uh, he's a really high four-star guy at a Long Beach Poly, just up the road from me. Um, he's been to Oregon numerous times. He's a former USC commit, but I know Oregon's done a lot of really good work there. They've stayed involved. You got schools like, uh, Miami, Michigan. Uh, and then you also have, um, Texas in the running for, for Dylan Williams. Uh, so I think that he's a guy to watch for, for sure. And then Brandon Baker, uh, you know, he's a a big time guy out of modern day, right? Nation's number one offensive tackle. Uh, had another recent update on ducksdigest.com with him. So go give that a read. Um, I don't mean to be plugging it so much, but, you know, I'm just trying to say if it's there, go read it. Uh, It's a free read. That one is Uh, he's going to be back on campus uh, for the spring game. And uh, that's a priority target for new offensive line coach, Alik Terry, who is, uh, you know, obviously a pretty young coach got his first commit in the fold with uh, Trent Ferguson since returning to Oregon. Um, But uh, when I talked to Brandon Baker, kind of the tone of the interview was that Clem's departure coach Vianney's departure. Uh, to Stanford, you know, those moves kind of reset the recruitment a little bit. That's not to say that Oregon's in a bad spot at all, but I think it did kind of create a little bit of an opening for some of those other schools to get in the mix. He was just at Georgia recently. He was at Nebraska recently, made it out to Florida State recently. So that's a guy that is going everywhere all over the country right now. But, um, you know, there's family ties for Baker at Oregon, um, and, and leak Terry has made him a priority. So I think that that's definitely someone that uh, Oregon could potentially add here in the 2024 class, but plenty of time left in that recruitment. I don't think that there's a decision coming anytime soon, but I think he did tell me he's gonna be cutting his list down soon, so keep an eye out uh, uh, for that.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: Uh, all right. Nick says, I'm hearing some more guys are going to commit to the Ducks this month. Yeah, I, uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, I, I mean, let's see. You got you got Luke Moga as a guy to, to keep an eye on. He set his commitment date for April 28th. He's expected back on campus in Eugene later this month. He's the 2024 quarterback out of Phoenix, Arizona, Sunny Slope High School. Uh, a dude with truly elite athleticism for a quarterback. You know, anyone who can run the 100 meters in under 11 and track, you're looking at a pretty good time. Uh, I think I've heard he could run as fast as a 10, five, even, I mean, to put that into context, Roderick Pleasant, hold held the California state record still holds it. Uh, he's an Oregon cornerback signee. He set that in a time of 10.14, I think 10.16. Uh, uh, I think that's huge. Um, so I think that Luke Moga is, is the guy that you have to watch right now for Oregon. He's, um, he's, you know, He's he's seen his recruiting stock just absolutely take off, and he's absolutely a name to watch for the Ducks here in uh, in 2024. All right, let's move on to the next next topic here. Oregon is picking up some steam in the 2024 class, and I'm specifically talking about the uh, wide receiver position. We're going to talk about Aaron Butler. Aaron Butler is a big-time wide receiver talent out of Calabasas High School, This is a a school that has produced a number of really talented wideouts and a number of really talented players in recent years. I think Oregon fans will be familiar with Calabasas because it's where they found Micah Pittman and, uh, you know, a recent recruiting class. He's already, he's obviously doing his thing at Florida State now, but he went to Calabasas. You also have Johnny Wilson, who's also at Florida State with Micah Pittman. He went to Calabasas, and then you also have to to look at uh, Alabama's Jermaine Burton, uh, he's another guy out of Calabasas. So this is a school that that has really become known for wide receiver talent. And Aaron Butler was on campus this past weekend in Eugene uh, for a visit. And, um, you know, this is a, a big guy that you have to watch for in Oregon's um, 2024, you know, recruiting targets because he spoke really highly of, of uh, Oregon when I last spoke with him. But uh, it sounds like you know Oregon's in a really good spot here, kind of from what I'm hearing, being told um, following that uh, following that unofficial visit. You know, he's eyeing uh, a summer decision, and uh, he's going to be going out to Colorado for an official visit with the Buffs with Coach Prime on April 22nd. Uh, but Oregon's doing a really good job in this recruitment. You know, they've been doing a great job recruiting wide receivers, and he was talking even when I was uh, when I saw him at the UA next camp. He was talking about how he's just really excited about the vision that Will Stein has for him. You know, multiple thousand-yard receivers, guy who wants to take the top off the de- the defense and um, and uh, get his best players the ball. Right? Remember, Coach Stein was saying in his first press conference, it kind of ruffled some feathers. You can let me know how you guys feel about it. He was saying that um, you know, its plays are kind of overrated. It's about getting your best player the ball as many times as possible, and I guarantee that that's resonating with a guy like Aaron Butler. Um, you know, you can see him on, you can see him on the tape here. He's just a different kind of Twitch. He, he really is. Um, you know, he, he's got, you know, elite route running. He's really crafty. He's strong. He gives you additional value in the return game as well. But uh, that was the point that I was trying to say, you know, when he was talking about the conversations that he's having with Will Stein, He was saying Butler was that these were some of the best conversations he's ever had with the coach, and this was before the two even met. Um, So now it seems like Oregon has a ton of momentum here in his recruitment, and for good reason. You know, he was saying they got to be able to to not guard me. They got to be able to to not guard Jerrion Dickey. They got to not be able to guard uh, Ryan Pelham, a big-time SoCal wide receiver from Long Beach Milliken, who's uh, in Eugene right now, or at least he was this week. And they have to not be able to guard. Jordan Anderson, who's, uh, you know, another commit for Oregon in the 2024 class. So I think that, you know, good players want to play with good players. That's that's kind of what happens with with recruiting. Right. So if you Oregon's wide receiver recruiting could hit a whole new level here in in 2024. Right. You already have Tice Denmark and Jordan Anderson committed. Um, You know, we still have to see what's going to happen with Gary Bryant. I think he's someone to keep an eye on. for Oregon in the 2023 class, you know, USC wide receiver out of the portal. Um, Oregon's looking like they're in an awesome spot there with Gary Bryant, who's also out of the Southern California area, Corona Centennial. But to talk more about Aaron Butler and kind of wrap that one up a little bit, uh, Chad Simmons of on three placed a prediction for Oregon to land Aaron Butler. This is just coming off of that visit to Oregon. It is worth noting that he did log that prediction with uh, just 50% on the uh, confidence meter so um you know not one that is uh you know a, a home run or anything or a high confidence pick but you know when i wrote about this story earlier today i was kind of giving my thoughts on the prediction and i'm saying i'm trying to tell you that uh you know i think that it's legit you know the buzz behind Aaron Butler in Oregon that prediction had previously been on Georgia um for the Bulldogs to land Aaron Butler and uh, those are two other predictions that the Bulldogs had in their favor. Steve Wiltfong of 247, Greg Biggins, the SoCal guy of 247. They both still have their, their predictions on Georgia. So, you know, I try to get as much scoop as I can, but I also got to keep an eye on what some of the industry experts say. I know that there's guys that are more plugged in than I am. I'm just trying to do my best out here. So, Aaron Butler, he's a dude, and he's someone that you got to watch for Oregon in this 2024 class because. Um, he's elite, you know, top 75 guy, uh, top five prospect in California, uh, I believe at least top 10, but he's just a big play waiting to happen. And, um, you know, he's a serious, serious talent. So I'm going to see if I can get an interview with him, but uh, I know that that, that Oregon visit definitely had to go well for him. All right, let's talk about someone else here. I think I already have their, their highlights. Um, We got to talk about another wide receiver here in the 2024 recruiting class. We're talking about Dylan Gresham out of San Jacinto High School. Uh, I think that's how you say his name, or that's how you say the school's name. So 2024 wide receiver Dylan Gresham out of San Jacinto Jacinto High School out here in Southern California about an hour and a half away from me. Uh, He he picked up a crystal ball prediction to Oregon from Steve Wiltfong Um, And I actually just got off the phone with Dylan Gresham before this uh, podcast. So that's why I was a little bit late on the live stream. Um, But he just visited Oregon and uh, the Ducks made a really, really good impression. It wasn't his first time uh, in Eugene. This was his second trip to Eugene and uh, the Ducks put themselves in a great spot. You know, Junior Adams is is leading the way here. Uh, He talked about how he was a really relatable coach And, uh, you know, kind of just talking about how they want to get him involved. He was telling me that Adams was telling him that he could kind of see him moving all over the place, you know, working at a couple different spots as a receiver. This guy is six foot one, six foot, about 180 pounds. And uh, I mean, if you're watching the highlights here, you can see kind of like Butler. He's just a big play waiting to happen. He's not a super highly rated guy necessarily compared to some other targets. He's a four star recruit. 0.8900 0.8900 on the two four seven sports composite, but uh, he's he's a, a really, really productive receiver. If you're just looking at some of his junior stats from the junior season, he had more than 2000 all purpose yards, 31 receiving touchdowns, 31 receiving touchdowns and three interceptions. So this is a guy that, that gives you some serious explosiveness and uh, an, another big time talent to watch for Oregon at, at wide receiver. And I think that you know, seeing this this new um, you know prediction, it kind of makes you wonder how many receivers Oregon maybe wants to take here in the 2024 recruiting class. I think that uh, another notable update to pass along with Dylan Gresham is uh, he's he's looking to decide in the next month or so. So you could be expecting a decision um, on his college of choice in and, in uh, and, you know the very near future here. He said he wants to take his official visits probably in June, and uh, I know that he said Oregon is one of those schools that is going to um, that is going to get an official visit for him. So that kind of just gives you a good idea of, of where the Ducks are at in, in his recruitment, um, and they're they're looking really solid here. So I, I talked about how the Ducks are you know they're going after a lot of receivers here in the the 24 class. But I'm just kind of looking at some of these top rankings right now. You got the Ducks are in the running for for Ryan Pelham. He has them as a top school. Um, They're also in the running for Gatlin Bear out of uh, Burley Senior High School in Idaho. They're also going after Xavier Jordan, although I feel like that one's trending more towards USC right now. Um, Just looking at what else we got here. Uh, Jeremiah McClellan, he's another talent that we talked about out of the state of Missouri. Uh, And then another guy who was actually just on a visit to Oregon is James Madison out of St. Thomas Aquinas in Florida. Uh, The Ducks are in a good spot with him. And uh, I I think that he could they could receive an official visit from him. Uh, He just took his visit out to Eugene, you know, second trip to Eugene under uh, Dan Lanning as the head coach. So he's another guy to watch but I think that wide receiver is probably a position that Oregon wants to hit pretty hard because this is the last season that they're going to have Troy Franklin. Um, I wonder if, um, if Chris Hudson's going to come back for another year. Uh, you know, he was 2020, 2021, 2022. So this could potentially be Chris Hudson's last year. Um, and I think that that room just saw a lot of movement, right? With the transfers You had Dante Thornton, Isaiah Brevard, seven McGee, Isaiah Crocker. So that's a room that's relatively thin on depth right now. They don't have chase Coda from last year either. So, it makes a lot of sense that Oregon's looking to take a lot of wide receivers here, and you want to have some really healthy competition in that wide receiver room. So, Dylan Gresham is another major name to watch. I'll have a full update over on Ducks Digest hopefully by tomorrow. Uh, I'm heading out of town for a a camping trip this weekend. So, um, you know, I'm hoping that no major news breaks, but with my luck, I know that something will. Um, but, uh, those are kind of the main updates that I have, unless anybody has, um, you know, any, has some questions that they want to throw in the live chat here, uh, before I get out of here, now's the time to do that. But I think that, uh, this timing is working out really well in Oregon's favor. You know, you want to have a heavy, you want to have your heavy lifting done in the uh, spring and summer months, as far as, you know, your next recruiting class. Uh, and and that way you can kind of just, uh, you can kind of just focus on the on-field product and some of those really big time receivers or big time you know recruits rather that you want to add um throughout the year like you know your josh Connerly's or your you know um jt toomalo i know Oregon didn't get him but he pushed his recruitment past the traditional deadlines past those traditional timelines um so i think that uh the way that oregon is kind of setting up their work here on the recruiting trail if they do land moga um, I think that they put themselves in an awesome spot because we know how much quarterback commitments can mean, the weight that they can carry on the recruiting trail. Uh, we're still waiting to see if, if uh, Dylan Rayle is going to make it out for the spring game. You know, he's the number one player in the country, top quarterback in the country out of Pinnacle in Arizona. Um, you know, I'm, I'm told that, that uh, there's no decision right now, uh, one way or the other, on if he's going to make it out to uh, Eugene. So we got to see what's going to happen there. But the Ducks are still trying to stay involved there. You got USC, Georgia, Nebraska, some other big time programs there. And then with the quarterback position for Oregon in 2024, I think that you either take two high school quarterbacks or you take one high school quarterback and then you bring in somebody to maybe push Ty Thompson in that quarterback room, Austin Novasad in that quarterback room uh, next season. The quarterback position is one that is growing increasingly tricky to analyze because it seems like it's really a year-to-year position. Uh, and that's why I think Oregon is poised to have such a good season this year, because even though you have a lot of guys, um, you know, kind of moving around, you see some shakeup along that offensive line. I think you have a lot of really good pieces that are coming back. Steven Jones, Jackson Powers, Johnson, um, Josh Connerly are a couple of guys that you got to mention, um, you know, under Elite Terry. So and I was just watching Elite Terry's media availability you know, his first media availability since joining Oregon. And it's hard not to get fired up after, uh, after seeing that for Oregon, because this is a guy who said that, you know, he's not lying. No, this is my dream school is my dream, dream, um, dream school coming out of high school and then dream job. Um, so I think that that's going to be that's going to be big time for Oregon as they they look to take the next step with their offensive line. You know, he was really he said that Josh Connerly Jr. was the hardest worker in his room right now, and kind of said that he had feet like a defensive back. And you know, he's a guy who played uh, high school basketball as well, so there's also some added versatility there for for the Ducks with Josh Connerly. And then it looks like the center picture is going to be uh, you know between Jackson Powers Johnson and, and Marcus Harper as the Ducks look to kind of figure out that position battle with Alex Forsyth moving on uh, and, you know, exhausting his college eligibility. So those are just a couple of updates from, from spring football. You know, I'm trying to juggle covering the team and covering the recruiting trail. Uh, but, you know, my passion lies with recruiting. So I'm probably going to take that uh, more often than not. So those are kind of the latest, uh, you know, notes and updates. Tiony Gray is going to be going to Oregon. And that's another big commitment for the Ducks here in 2024. Do me a favor. Like I said, take a second out of your day to like the video and subscribe to the channel, and share the Ducks Dish podcast with your friends, family, and other Duck fans. And then lock in with me on social media. I'm at mtorres sports on Twitter, at mtorres sports on Instagram, and then we're here on YouTube at Oregon Football Max Taurus. Uh, But I'm telling you, it's it's going to be a fun month for Oregon recruiting. So make sure that you guys stay locked into the Ducks Dish podcast, stay locked into ducksdigest.com because we'll be covering all of it just as best as we can. That'll do it for this episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. Appreciate you guys taking some time out of your day to talk some duck football with me. And we will see you in the next episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast.